0: Listen, take your Bibles, please, and turn with me to Acts chapter 2, and we're going to talk about hopelessly devoted. And uh, you'll see on the screen that there is Olivia and uh, John there, and uh, I had listed my my title last week, and somebody made the comment that it was like Greece, and you, it, it is similar. There's some, some things there. Uh, Olivia fell in love with, uh, she lived on one side of the tracks, and she fell in love with a guy from the other side of the tracks, and we're we're talking about the early church that came from one side of, of the tracks where they were really entrenched in this religion that was dry and dull, but they were they were committed to it and something happened and they became hopelessly devoted to the new the new regime. If you want to discover the plan, the purpose that God has for an institution, for a people, um, for an event, you go back to its genesis and you see what God did, what God said when he put that in place at its inception. So if you want to know about marriage, look at what God said when he created Adam and Eve. If you want to understand the effects and the the repercussions of sin, go to the encounter that God had with Adam and Eve after the fall in the garden. If if you want to understand the vision, the the heart that God had for his church, go to Acts chapter 2, the day of Pentecost, and read carefully what happened there, what God said, what God did. You read of a people who were engaged in 10 days of corporate prayer, that experience a blast of wind from the heavenly realm. That's what the Passion Translation says, a blast of wind from the heavenly realm. The very breath of God breathed into the people of God and brought them to life spiritually. Jesus had promised that they would be baptized in the Holy Spirit and in fire, and and true to his word, a purifying fire of heaven comes down and rests on them, and and the people were both filled and equipped by the Spirit of God. And and they were given the empowerment to, to speak in other languages, languages that they had never learned before. And, and they were identified by people who had lived in other parts of the world and had come close to Jerusalem and were hearing in their own mother tongues, they were hearing these these. Wonderful praises to God. People from as far away as northern Iran, as far east as Turkey, uh, as far away as Egypt and Libya, who were surprised to hear people in Jerusalem speaking their mother tongues flawlessly and speaking of God's mighty works amongst them. The outside world was watching, and and it says that they were dumbfounded and astonished, saying to one another, what's the explanation for this phenomenon? Uh, Peter steps up to answer the question and, and said that what they were witnessing was the fulfillment of a promise, a prophetic promise that had been made through the prophet Joel many hundreds of years before, that God would pour out His Holy Spirit on everybody And he would cause their sons and their daughters to prophesy. Would cause uh, motivational visions to come to young men. And and to have old men dream the dreams that God dreamed. That men and women would both be anointed, would both be empowered to to minister and to prophesy, and that there would be signs and wonders and mighty miracles, and that everyone who called on the name of the Lord would be saved. The the, the central message was this, that Jesus the victorious, who, who became a man with a divine mission and the authority that only comes from God, was handed over to you to be crucified, and that you would execute him on a cross at the ha- in the hands of lawless men. And this would be the fulfillment of a, of a God-made, predetermined plan from which God would destroy the cords of death and raise Jesus back to life again because it was impossible for death to hold him down and hold him prisoner. And now, Peter says, this same God-given authority is poured out not only on Jesus, but is now poured out on us today. And there is now hope to be rescued from the wayward and perverse culture of this world, he says. And at the release of that message, 3,000 people stood and said, I want what you've got. I'm willing to forsake everything that I know, to walk away from everything that's familiar to me, to follow Jesus. I'm ready to be baptized. And they, they were saved, and they were added to the church. It was never God's idea for church to be boring. It was never God's idea for the church to be lifeless or powerless that, that they would gather together without a clear mandate, without a clear understanding of what it was they were supposed to do, and, and having the powerful authority to carry out the will of God. He, it, that was never his, his plan. And so this morning, I want to apologize for the church being less than it was supposed to be. God has an amazing plan, and I believe we're on the cusp of discovering just how amazing it is. And Jesus said that this authority from God given to him uh, empowered him to be the hope for the poor, the, the healing for the broken, new eyes for the blind, good news for prisoners, that now, right here, right now, was the time of God's great acceptance for all people everywhere. I don't know about you, but I have lists, long lists of people who need that kind of hope, that kind of help. There are people that I'm praying for every day that are suffering, that are tormented, and I believe, just like Norma said... Jesus has an answer for them. And it's my understanding that God is calling us as a church, is calling the entire church back to its roots, back to the wholehearted, passionate devotion and obedience to the Lord Jesus Christ. A, a, a call that looks for and expects the breath of God to be breathed back into us and bring us to life and empower us to be who we were meant to be. I've been stuck on the word devoted for for several weeks. It's a powerful, multi-layered word that calls and demands a a loyalty, a fidelity to the leadership of Jesus in our life. Moses had had delivered the word of God to the Jewish nation and, and he had said this, you must love the Lord your God with all of your heart's strength, with all of your soul, with all of your physical strength, you must love him wholeheartedly, not making room for another love to come before his place of priority in your life. I'm afraid that we've watered that message down over the years and that we've allowed other things to, to crowd him out. Well, Jesus, I, yeah, I don't have any room this month for you, but uh, how about March? Are you open in March? And he's not interested in that. He's not interested in that. I've been stuck on this word for weeks. And Jesus takes us back to that that theme in speaking to us and and reminds us that our heart doesn't have the capacity to love two or more different entities. Jesus speaking says in Matthew 6, 24, How could you worship two gods at the same time? You will have to hate one and love the other or or be devoted to one and despise the other. You can't worship the true God while being enslaved to the God of money. This is a, a childish sort of illustration, but and, and gives you more insight into how childish I am, but I grew up loving Monopoly. And I grew up in a house where nobody else liked to play Monopoly. And so when I was really desperate, I would play Monopoly by myself. I'd set up four players, and I'd move around the table and play. But you can't play four players, you, you sort of notice that this guy is winning the, the prize, and so you, you play for him. You, you can't love four players, you can't serve two gods. Your, your heart can't be divided by the love for two different entities. You will be devoted to one, and you will despise the other. The church has lost its clarity, lost its power, sometimes lost its compassion because it's been, it's tried to be devoted to too many causes, to too many agendas, to too many loves. I believe that God is calling us back to single hearted love and devotion to Jesus and to Jesus alone. The first thing that I want to say about devotion is that it's a choice that each one of us makes. During the desert wanderings, Moses became upset with the lack of decisive commitment and devotion of his people to God. And, and one day when he's had enough, he calls the people together and, and he calls it a day of decision. Then he says, today you choose. Choose right here, right now, who will you serve? As for me and my household, we have decided to be devoted and to serve the Lord. Now, what's your decision going to be? And then he just stands back and lets them decide. At Pentecost Sunday, the book of Acts reports that 3,000 people Decided to be devoted to Jesus, decided to be baptized as an outward declaration of their lifelong commitment, and that daily after that, people were making that same devoted decision. We begin with a decision. God has pulled us in close to himself. He's made us aware of his great love for us in the person of the Lord Jesus Christ. And we make a decision, a lifelong decision to follow him. It's a first step. It's an initial reaction to God's great overture toward us. And, and we never know at that stage what it will cost. We, we don't understand where it will take us. We, we don't understand all that it will entail. But we put our trust in the goodness and the love of God and know that He'll lead us. But there are other things that develop our devotion, that help us increase our devotion. And so we go to our text in Acts chapter 2, verse 42. The, the initial congregation of believers and followers committed to four activities that increased their love for the Lord Jesus. Acts chapter 2 verse 42, every believer was faithfully devoted to following the teachings of the apostles. There was a devotion to, to what the, the apostles were teaching. We, we said a couple of weeks back that the New Testament wasn't yet written in, in Acts chapter 2, and so the, the apostles taught all that they had been given through the ministry and teaching of Jesus, and they tied the Old Testament prophecy and scriptures to the current realities of, of Jesus' life and ministry. And, and they would go on to write the words and put them together in what we know and call the New Testament scriptures that we brought with us today. It is very important that you see these words that every believer was devoted to following the teachings of the apostles it was life to them it, it was it answered questions that were being raised in their own spiritual experience it confronted sin that was found in them it built god-given values into their lives it, it was it is very important that That we understand that the word of God, the, the, the apostles' teaching is the revelation of who God was to them and who they were in God. And every day they made that discovery. Faithfully, every day, they devoted themselves to the teachings of the apostles. I was a very young child when I gave my heart to the Lord Jesus. It was in a Sunday school open session I I remember, I must have been four or five, I remember knowing at that moment that I was a sinner and giving my heart to the Lord Jesus. At about 13 years of age, my pastor was preaching on the baptism of the Holy Spirit and responding one night to an altar call. A wonderful woman in my church home prayed me through to the fullness of the Holy Spirit. And when that happened in my life, I became absolutely hungry for everything this word said. At 13, I went through this book twice in one year. I went through this book with... With pencil crayons, and I, I highlighted and color coded all sorts of things. Verses on salvation were in red, and verses on the Holy Spirit and His work were in yellow. And I just had a color, co- and I, I just loved the word. And, and as a high school student, I found young people in my high school who knew Jesus, and we got together at noon hours, and we studied the Bible, and we had Bible study in, in our youth group at, at church, and, and I just loved the Word. And I believed the Word that I had memorized from Psalms that says, Thy Word have I hidden in my heart, so I won't sin against you, so I won't disappoint you. In every believer, devotion grows, devotion deepens as we become faithfully devoted and follow and obey the revelation that is contained of Jesus in these scriptures, the teachings of the apostles. I'm challenging you this year. Pick a a goal, pick pick a target. Maybe you want to just get through the entire New Testament That's very doable. You can do that in about a chapter and a half a day. Or go through the entire Bible. You can do that in about three chapters a day. Something that's achievable. But just be devoted to the Scriptures. Allow them to come alive. Um, To to not be devoted to revelation of Scriptures means that we we can be sidetracked. That we can be deceived. Acts chapter 17, verse 11 says that the people of Berea were more open-minded than those who lived in Thessalonica, and they listened eagerly to Paul's message, and they searched the scripture day after day to see if Paul and Silas were teaching the truth. As a result, many Jews believed and many of the prominent Greek women and men came to know Christ. I, I want to know that every, every week you're going to the Word to see if what I said is true. I, I'm wanting to know that, that it's not just because Pastor Bill said it, it's because it's in the Word that you believe it. Uh, revelation always deepens our devotion. The, the, the second growth pattern for devotion was connection with other believers, Acts chapter 2, verse 42, every believer was faithfully devoted. Their hearts were mutually linked to one another. They were sharing communion. Every believer was faithfully devoted and connected to the gathering together of followers of Jesus. Their hearts were connected. They shared in both the Lord's Supper and in in being together to talk about what God was doing in their lives, not just at the gathering or or at the prayer meeting, but they they came together and they talked about Jesus over meals at each other's homes. There was an excitement that built in their gatherings and they discovered that God was at, at work not only in their individual heart, not only in their own homes, but in the homes of others in their community. I've been a part of a church family since I was eight weeks old. In fact, I'm now 63 years old, and I've only been in two church homes. This one and the one that I was dedicated in. 63 years. I I was... 37 years, uh, This I've been in this church as pastor for 37 years, but I was here even earlier from the beginning of this church until I went away to Bible college. I, I don't know where I would be if it weren't for my church family. I don't know where it w- I would be if it weren't for men and women of greater spiritual experience who would come to me at crucial moments of time and tell me that I was being prayed for daily. I have done five or six funerals where before they passed away, they called me and said, Bill, I'd like you to do my funeral. And I want you to know that for 40 years, I have prayed every day for you. I can't even fathom that. I can't even even imagine where my life would have been if it weren't for those people around me. I, I, I don't know where I would be if it weren't for men and women who have been my peers and who have gone through or are going through some of the same testing that I am going through and have been able to speak truth have been able to speak help, have been able to come alongside and strengthen me. And now at this stage, at this age of my life, I want to be someone who invests and who encourages and prays for and works with and fights for the destinies of the future generations that follow us. My devotion to Jesus is as strong as it is because of the connection that I have had that I have now with men and women of God who have mutually linked their hearts with mine. This faith walk with Jesus is not to be, was never meant to be a solo mission. And anyone who thinks that it is has been deceived and and needs to read to the one another texts that are scattered throughout the New Testament. Bear ye one another's burdens. Encourage one another. Love one another. Confess your faults to one another. Serve one another. The, The list is too long for me to include everyone, but... But if it wasn't for connection that I've had with, with men and women like Charles Yates and Harry Fott and Stan Sage and Jim Kane and Ann Kroll and Jennifer and Ivor Strand, Dan and Eric Horstia, with you that, that are here this morning and hundreds of other church family, I don't know where I would be in my devotion to the Lord Jesus this morning. When I'm at the lowest point... I belong to a family who come and stand on either side of me and say, let's keep going together. They were devoted to being connected. The fourth area is just as vital. Every believer was faithfully devoted to coming together regularly for prayer. Regularly for prayer. We read it in the third chapter of Acts that Peter and John were on their way to the daily prayer meeting that happened at three o'clock every day when they met up with the crippled man at at the temple gate. It was a regular daily situation. People gathering to pray together. We're not as able to do that in that we don't live close to one another. We have folks who come to us from Airdrie. We have folks who call us their church home and they live in Black Diamond. Uh, People who almost live in Banff and people who live in Strath. We're spread out. We're a spread out people. But it's so important that we pray and that we pray together. I said this two weeks ago, but feel that it's so important to repeat it again. Acts is a book of prayer, a book of Corporate prayer. Prayer is mentioned 37 times in the book of Acts, and 28, time, 28 of those times is corporate prayer, not personal prayer. Something happens. Something occurs in the spiritual realm when two or three gather together in agreement in prayer. Again, I underline that this was the practice of every believer. Not just those who had gifts of intercession, but everyone came together. Everyone prayed together. I've been going through Acts and underlining the outcomes of, of, of corporate prayer. Sometimes there was healings. Other times there was deliverance. There was major decisions that were made because it seemed good to us who were together praying and to the Holy Spirit that we should go ahead and do this. There, people received the fullness of the Holy Spirit as a result. Opposition powers were crushed. New territories were, were opened up and life came. Life came as a result of corporate praying. Some of the, the amazing sense of God's presence in this service this morning is the result of people who have been praying constantly and continuously for Days, weeks, months, years, as we've gathered together Tuesday nights, as we've gathered together pre-service and just prayed, every believer was devoted to coming together regularly for prayer, engaging with the church and with the God through prayer was something that caused devotion to grow in its newly established church. When I was about 17 years old, we had a a move of the Holy Spirit in the youth group that I was part of. We saw many of our friends who had sort of wandered away from faith, we saw them come back. We We would gather together on Friday nights and we would lay hands on one another and pray. And we saw some healings and we saw some amazing things. And it just put inside of me a deep desire to always be part of corporate prayer. Engaging with the church and with God through prayer was something that caused devotion to grow. These four steps in devotion, worked well for, for the first century church. We, we read that they had these, they'd made the decision that they, they, they were part of the teaching and, and grew in that area and that they prayed together <clears throat> and that they shared together and, and part of a, of a connection. And, and then we read in verse 43, as a result of all of this devotion, a deep sense of holy awe swept over everyone. I don't know if you've ever been in a place where holy awe just sweeps over. I, I just thank God for so many opportunities that He has opened up to me to, to see things, to experience things, and have, has put this deep thirst, this deep hunger inside for more. I was... 21 years old and I was in uh, in the city of Toronto and at Agincourt Pentecostal Church. It was a regular service and I was standing in the front row of the balcony and I just watched as this holy awe swept over the place. And an altar call had been given and there had been a dozen or so who would come and the speaker came down off the, off the platform and he would go to the end of a pew, and he would just put his hand on the person on the end, and the whole row would fall over under the power of God. And as they came to, they'd come and they'd kneel at the, at the front of the church, and, we, and, and it seemed like time just stood still. And from a few, it went to about a hundred people who came to know Jesus that night. And I'm just standing there, and I said, God, if you can do that here, you can do it anywhere. You can do it now. You can do it anytime. A deep sense of holy awe swept over everyone, and the apostles performed many miraculous signs and wonders. It hadn't yet been released into the hands of of the lay folks that were in the, but it was coming. We, we, We get to that in Acts pretty quickly. And daily new people kept finding life in Jesus, and they were added to the church. Don't you have people that you want to see come to know Jesus? I, I, have, I have a relative right now that's just going through all sorts of torment and I'm just praying every day, God, you gotta, you got to reach him. you got to get to him. you got to. Hopelessly devoted to Jesus. Nothing was able to separate them from the love that they found in Christ Jesus and God used them as Acts chapter 17 said, to turn their world upside down. David, would you come? Decision. I don't know what decisions are facing you, but I know that this is a key one this morning. It's key this year. You have to decide what your, what your stance, what your following Jesus was, is going to look like. Are you going to be involved? Are you going to connect with people? Revelation, God, give me a thirst for your word. Help me to be in this word all the time. Help me to, when I I can't have it open, help me to have it in my heart so that it's percolating and, and challenging and changing me day after day. God, what are the connections that you have for me this morning? for this year I want you to know that there are people in this congregation that hold keys to your future they don't know it and you don't know it but as we come together they're going to say a word they're going to they're going to pray for you they're going to encourage you and life's going to suddenly become big bigger than it was I, I remember being at many people's tables talking about Jesus just having this this hunger grow this hunger grow engagement in prayer we all have excuses we're we're busy and I know that we're we're tired we're anxious but they that wait upon the will renew their strength. They will mount up with wings as eagles. They will run and not grow weary. We're part of the promise that Peter gave that day. We are part of the last day outpouring of the Holy Spirit. We are part of a time when we are about to see our sons and our daughters prophesying, our young men having visions that are inspired of God, and our old men dreaming dreams that God dreams. But, but to be a part of it, we're called to a wholehearted devotion to Jesus. It, it comes as a result of our decision to set everything else back and make Him our priority believing with our whole heart that if we seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, everything else will be taken care of. That when we dig into that word for the full revelation of God and who He is in us and who we are standing in Him, that it'll make all the difference. When we come together for prayer, things happen. I love the story Norma Chase started. Because it wasn't, God not only changed the heart of her boss, but God changed her too. God wants to change us, wants to prepare us for the harvest that's coming. Will you stand? I've been <clears throat> fighting a cold all week. You need to know that been tested. I don't have COVID. It's just a cold. I know that that's a rare event in these days, but it's just a cold. I wanted to lay hands on people, and Debbie said, don't, so I won't. But I want to pray for you. I want to pray that the devotion... I loved worship in the house this morning. I loved worship. I, I love when it, it's loud. I love, I love when the holy hush comes, but I love... And there's just God, we love you. And and I believe that God is doing things in all of our lives, in all of our homes. But we're going to be a devoted people. And so, Father, today in the name of Jesus, I'm asking that every decision that we have to make as a people of God would be made in accordance to both your word and your will. That Father, you would point out the areas that are snags and snares to us and that we would cut them off and we would decide I have decided to follow Jesus with all of my heart with all of my strength with all of my soul I pray that decisions would be clearly marked out for us and that we would follow you with all of our heart I, I pray today that you would bless us with a devotion to your word. That every time we open it up, life would surge forth. That every time we, we read words, we'd know that God wasn't speaking to an ancient people in a far off land that we had no idea of who they were. He's speaking to me. He's speaking to us as a church. I pray, God, that life would come today And love would come for your word. I'm praying, Father, for our church family. We've been isolated and separated for so long that it, it almost feels strange to come together. But I'm asking for a supernatural move of the Holy Spirit that would tie and connect our hearts heart to heart. I'm praying that offense would be removed. I'm praying that forgiveness would flow. I pray that growth would come, that life would come, that encouragement, when we come together, that there would be so much to talk about when it comes to God that we'd forget to to review the weather and the sports scores, but we would just be excited at who you are and what you're doing and we'd share that. And now, Father, I'm asking that the spirit of prayer would rest on us as a people, that as Paul says, we would pray always, that we would be interceding for one another, that when we got together and we shared with one another, that before we would go our separate ways, we would say, can I just pray with you? And that two or three would gather together in prayer and things would change. Father, we want to be your devoted people. So I'm asking right now both for those who are here in our, in our congregation in the church and those on our congregation who are watching online that God this would be a year that we discover the many layered blessings that come with being devoted to you. We pray in Jesus name. Amen amen God bless you, you're dismissed love on one another.